0: Hey, this is Derek the Lion Parker, and you're listening to the Sheriff Broadcast. to an exclusive episode of The Sheriff. Guys, today I am blessed to actually have one of my favorite teammates of all time with me right now. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there's a times in every hockey player's career that obviously hold a special place in their heart. For me, that was playing provincial junior A and then eventually graduating to major junior. On my guest today, ladies and gentlemen, was my fellow rookie teammate, The Pickering Panthers, and then the following season at the next level for the Sarniest thing of the Ontario Hockey League. My guest was rookie of the year in junior A with Pickering. I was very, very proud of him. He would then graduate to the OHL, scoring an amazing 162 points, which would earn him a, a scholarship to the University of Prince Edward Island, ladies and gentlemen, where he would dominate and score 95 points in 83 games currently the head coach of the clarington flames a great friend father and role model ladies and gentlemen without further ado mr luke Chaseon. how are you doing this evening my friend
1: i'm great buddy that's a heck of an intro you're the man
0: <laughs> well dude i had to you know what like i'm a little bit nervous like i said before the recording i get a little bit nervous when i when i have my buddies on my old buddies because man i i'm reminiscing too man i'm 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 nostalgia and nostalgic and all that kind of stuff when i get into these shows so it's kind of hard for me to be the host sometimes because i just kind of want to go off and talk about different things but in a way though luke i think the listeners appreciate it because i think these are kind of the best type of podcasts man when people have so much to call in and they're really able to kind of get down to cool stories so dude i'm happy to have you on we were talking before the recording it's been a long time man since we talked bro like a long time like i, I know you just mentioned like when you might have texted me or something but i think the last time that we may have seen each other bro is when we played together no
1: yeah like, i don't know us- if we got together after the o or anything like that but i feel like yeah we're so close like we've always texted and kept in contact and stuff like that. And our careers um, were very similar as far as like where we were and how we progressed and where we went. And I always kept an eye on you uh, in the O after we left Sarnia, like it was just very, we had very similar paths, obviously very, very different hockey players, you being super tough and me being more of like a points getter or goal scorer kind of thing. But Oh, I was so proud of you, man. I, I love your podcast, too, like I watch. And uh, I'm super proud to be on. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, dude, I, I'm telling you what. No and no problem, brother. I, I appreciate you coming on because, you know, obviously, you met my mom. And, you know, I'm lucky enough that I'm able to do these recordings from my mother's house in Scarborough. And I was saying to my mom before the recording, you know, mom, Luke was probably one of the biggest characters that I played with. man. like, I, like I, 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 I want to get into... pickering panthers and sarnia a lot because man we got a lot to talk about but before i do that before i do that i like to go to the beginnings so now hockey db has whitby is whitby the birthplace or is that just like tell me is whitby the birthplace
1: yeah whitby's the birthplace um whitby's where i started like most of my hockey career that's where i like i i played like recreationally in oshawa and then when i first started playing like rep hockey was it through whitby um the story goes through dave branch so i played double a coming up and then dave branch got the triple a team i think in bantam and yeah the 82s the 82s 82s, yeah the 82s that's another thing we should chat about but the 82s what a year like you look at the players we got (laughs) to play with we were we were a lucky bunch but um yeah so branch dave branch got the uh bantam triple a team and I, I've been playing double A for a number of years and I was just like, ah, I don't know if I'll make this team. I always went out, always tried my hardest, always gave it my all. And then, yeah, Dave took the team and the first year he took it, he brought me on and it, the rest is history. Like we played triple um, A all the way up. And then that's what brought me to Pickering Panthers. So I played, I think, Banum minor Bannum, major Bantam with Dave and We won like the silver stick. We went to provincials, like all Ontario, things like that. It was an amazing team with, I I know that, you know, a bunch of the guys off that team who played in the OHL and stuff like that. So amazing hockey team. We really battled like Peterborough a ton and uh, a ton and a bunch of those guys. Like if you went to like under 17s, under 18s, all that stuff, every single guy, a lot of the guys were Peterborough, Whitby and then GTHL guys, right? Very true. Now, just so the listeners have an idea, David
0: Branch, is he still currently the commissioner of the Ontario Hockey League?
1: I think he is. I, I've kept in touch with Dave here and there. Like I, I, he, I think he lives in the Whitby area, so he's in the Durham region for sure. He has been in the past, and I've seen him from time to time and just kind of chat with him every time I get a chance to talk to him. It's always awesome to talk to him. So he was the president of the CHL and the commissioner of the OHL like when I was coming through. So for him to take on that team was just unbelievable, like hockey knowledge. And he had so many people like at his disposal that he knew of, like the primos, like Mr. Primo was one of our coaches and Barkley, his son, who's now like a general manager, like in the league was our assistant coach, just a plethora of guys that just made the team and experience amazing. So yeah, it was awesome to have him as my coach.
0: And then, so you guys were pretty much the same group, with David Branch is your head coach all the way up to Bannham
1: Triple A? Yeah, so that's when I came in. I think if his son, Kyle, um, was on the team, but Dave didn't come in till minor Banham that where he took ownership of the team and was the head coach of that team. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So then, okay, so now okay, so this is perfect.
0: Now, I, first off, I'm not gonna let you off that easy because I was gonna get to pickering now, but but we can't do that. We gotta get into your family, man. Because what I'm trying to get at is one of the things I mentioned before the recording was I was telling, so the listeners know, I was telling Luke how much I appreciate, you know, him being a teammate of mine because it's so important when you get to that level after AAA, midget, whatever it's called now, I know they changed all the age group names, once you make that next step, Junior A or Junior B and, and if you were lucky enough to make it to Provincial Junior A, if that's what it's still called too, you know, that's a big part because now you're playing 20, 21 year olds. Now you're on the road. There's team buses involved. There's bigger crowds. It's a lot different. And you can be good enough. You can have the ability. You could be good enough to make it to the next level but because something doesn't work out for you, because maybe you don't get along with everybody on the team, maybe there's a bully that just really gives you a hard time, a veteran, and that may scare you off, that may affect you. Lucky for me, I walk into a junior year dressing room, I have Mr. Luke Chase on jumping up, big smile on his face, comes right up to me in the dressing room, hey Sean, how's it going? I heard a lot about you. Blah, blah, And I felt so comfortable from the first minute loop. And that was because of you. And that's a big part in a player's development and feeling comfortable on the team. Can you talk a little bit about that as, as a coach now? Like, do you
1: do you agree with what I just said? Oh, I completely agree with that. I mean, I, I was lucky enough. So... Um, yeah, like, uh, when I came into the Pickering Panthers, uh, team, I mean, we had George Trifon, who is just a phenomenal player and I, he's actually a local coach now, um, of a team. Sure. Local- yeah Holy so like, now, when we oh, get older right man, we see really all the same so low, characters man. like just like now it's all the kids like I'll see the last names of the girls or boys that are playing I know exactly like oh I know exactly whose kid that is right <laughs> obviously the last name gives it away but it's like I know exactly who that is and and, and why they're so good already right but anyway so George uh really accepted me like you said, you know, I won the rookie or whatever, but um it was because of him and Joel Johnson and these older guys that were like 20, 21 years old that really like allowed me to come on and just play like myself and be myself. And yes. we had a phenomenal year as a team because, you know, the camaraderie in that group was so amazing. You you hit the nail on the head when you said um, you know, we came in, I think I was like 15 years old. I was either 15 or 16 years old on that team. Yeah, man. I remember you remember our team captain was Bill Duncan, he was like 20, 21 years old. So I remember coming in the room, like going home at night, being like, there's guys in there who are like 21 years old, you know, talking to my parents or talking to my family about it. So having a guy like you on the team, who was so like tough and willing to defend his teammates, like was great for a guy like me, right? Who was like a goal scorer and needed a guy like you. So it was awesome to welcome you to the team. I was happy
0: to do it. (laughs) Definitely okay. So now we're okay. So now we're in Pickering Panther land. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. So now here's my questions for Pickering Luke. How did you get recruited by the Panthers? Like, how did you decide to go there? Because you must have been one of the top like, you know, players that are, we're looking to go to the next level, especially from the region. So how
1: did you make that decision to go to the Panthers? That's a great question. I, if I'm being honest, I can't really remember like which teams recruited and why, but I do remember that obviously Pickering had a phenomenal team um and obviously like you know when you're analyzing which team you're looking at i can't remember all the teams you know i remember certain players on the legionnaires i remember certain players on the Axemen, things like that right but um looking back on that time i assume it's because that team was so fantastic and we were going to be given an opportunity to excel right um there are certain teams that you know maybe they they say like you're if you come on you're going to play this role or that role i think on that team when I don't know if it worked out that way or if it was something that we discussed beforehand, but um, obviously we got to play big roles on that team where we actually got lots of ice and lots of opportunities. Like I remember playing power play penalty kill as, you know, 15, 16 year old. So that's probably why we went that way. And with the amazing talent that was on the team. So you're going to, you're going to have great guys around you, great coaching, great team members. Right. So it worked out great.
0: And, and just, just to add to that, the reason why I was kind of so curious about the recruiting is because, I mean, you got to give credit when credit's due. The Pickering Panthers, like, I, I'm, I'm really excited because I, I saw the post that you said about how some of us should go to a game, and I do want to go to a game with you, and I will go to a game with you. So I'm looking forward to learning about the current situation with that organization. But ladies and gentlemen, what I can tell you is that when me and Luke Chason played for the Pickering Panthers, they were quite the organization. Like, they were, they, they had brought imports from Europe. Marcel
1: Rodman. What was his name? Marcel Rodman? Marcel Rodman. Yeah, that's the thing. Word. There was these players like Jason Lang, I think, played in the OHL. George um, George definitely could have played in the OHL. I think he was looking to go to the U.S., things like that. I'm not sure where he ended up. Yourself played in the OHL. Farkasen played in the OHL. Uh, yeah. there's one of the defensemen who had a long career, like played in the A for a long time. I forget his um, name. Left handed yeah, well, TJ Kemp played in the A. Have- yeah. So there's Kemp. Other guys. Um, I know Mercury played with us for a bit. He was a local guy who played Triple A, really good guy. So there's yeah. like a Kronilovic
0: went on and, and did really well too. Like, like he went to school. I think he went to Boston, somewhere in yeah. Boston, got some kind of scholarship. To- Remember Toza Boza?
1: Oh, yeah. And it's funny, (laughs) like, you bring up Marcel Rodman. I remember watching the Olympics. He was playing in the Olympics. Was he? For Slovenia? Slovenia, yeah. So it's like, obviously, you know, not Team Canada, but a team that, you know, you're watching it and you're saying, you know, I played with him on the (laughs) Pickering Panthers. And he's a skilled guy, like, very skilled player. Don't take it away from him. Very skilled, but different player, right? Like, from North America. So over there, he obviously excelled. But, yeah, very yeah dude so okay
0: so ladies and gentlemen we had a a, like a legit a guy that ended up playing for their national team in slovenia import for our tier two provincial junior a team we had guys like like johnson johnson must have been getting paid man come on that was a long time ago right Things are different uh-huh. now. Man, when I talk to guys that played in the Quebec league back then and then now, we can talk about, you know, the bikers being involved because it's over now, right? It's not yeah, current. Yeah. It's only a problem when you talk about iffy stuff when it's current. <laughs> Johnson must have been getting like an OH. Well, I mean, an OHL salary is not that much, but Johnson must have been getting compensated because he was one of the best players in the league. George, the fact that he was there, they must have done a good recruitment recruiting to keep them, to keep them there. You know what I mean?
1: And then, yeah, and then- I, I don't have any insight on that. I have no idea. I, I mean, it, it's a possibility, but I, I don't know. Like I remember back in the day, Joel and George just being like very skilled and loving the game. So I don't know if it was a function of trying to go the U S road. Cause back then, and I think still to this day, you can't, you can't go and play in the O like I think George, maybe his career, he, he excelled maybe at like the 18 19 year age so yes. then at, at that age you're like well if i go play one year in the o like what am i going to do with that whereas he could have went to the us right and he was he was an amazing player so i don't i don't know what <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have any insight of that but i i don't know they were they were definitely very skilled and could have played at levels higher than tier 2 that's for sure
0: 100% so now here's the other thing luke The fact that the the Panthers did such a good job with managing that team, putting it together, getting all these players, getting all these prospects. Like, we had a nice group of rookies, man, with, like, me, you, Ferguson, and others. Like, you know, it was pretty cool. Remember Guthrie in the net, man? And he was...
1: That's awesome. You have the, you have the greatest memory because yeah, sometimes I struggle. Like, uh, obviously I played on a few teams. I know you played on a few teams. Sometimes it's difficult, right. To keep all the names of the people, like what team will remember what team we played on, like just so many cities and so many towns. Right. Um, but you know, what's crazy when you look back on it is that, um, they think about the turnover. Like, I don't know about you. I think you were the same as me. We, I went there for one year. Went in there for one year. We won the provincials, had a phenomenal year. And then it's like, okay, see you later. It's like, it's like just a very quick turnover. So they have to be filling that lineup every each and every year and recruiting each and every year. So maybe that's why they're so good at it because the guys like George and Joel, who might stick around for one or two or three years, I don't know how long they were there, but those are few and far between from the guys like you and me who want to just go to the next level, right? Use it as a stepping stone.
0: Yeah. So now the the other thing with Pickering is, the ownership, man. That Boyer, right? And and I, I believe he's, is he still the owner? Michael I think, Boyer?
1: I I don't know the answer to that question. I do know that he was a phenomenal owner. Like when yes. we were there, what a guy, like he had us, at, do you remember he had us at his house for like oh, yeah. a, uh, Christmas parties and like always around, invested in the team, you know, interested in hockey. so. It's amazing. He's a local, you know, he owns a lot of car dealerships and obviously a very successful business person, but obviously I think ran that team or hired the right people to run that team, how he runs his businesses. So, I mean, phenomenal ownership.
0: 100%. Now, the reason why I got a smile on my face, Luke, is when you mentioned about Johnson and George Trifon and guys like that, you were mentioning them, I think, in the sense of, These were the guys that you had an opportunity to play with, which enabled you to kind of have such an incredible, phenomenal season, like the best season out of anyone else that was a rookie in that league, right? Like it's a big honor. So now going through that season, scoring all those points, like for your, your, like at the time, we're 16 years old. What did that do for you confidence-wise? Like what high school were you going to when we played for Pickering? What was the dynamics? Like, where were you coming from to, go, to come to practice when we had practice?
1: I think I was going to Garnier, St. Charles Garnier. I either went to Garnier or I went to Father Leo J. Austin. Believe it or not, I went to five high schools as a kid because yeah. of hockey, right? Yeah. So I, I was fully French Canadian, like growing up in my household. So my mom and dad spoke French to me. Obviously, we spoke English as well. But at home, it was French. Everywhere else, it was English. But then when, so you remember this when remember when the like there'd be like the double a listing a listing and b listing of like the draft like it'd be like yes. you, you were you were you were ranked in the first round so like i was That's ranked in the first round and so my parents are like you better go to english high school because i've never taken like geography history arts any the only class i took in english was english so i took math and french geography she's like and so my mom would say if you get drafted and you go somewhere else, you better be ready to take all these classes in English. So I think I switched to Leo J. Austin that year because when that draft listing came out, I was, I was high on it. And so I knew I was going to get drafted and I was going to go to an all English high school for the first time.
0: Really? So, okay, so this, man, this is
1: really interesting. So where are your parents from? Uh, so, yeah, so my parents are from Timmins. So straight up north, gray, white, yeah. north, northern Ontario. Uh, up north it's very uh bilingual so mostly like half french half english but a lot of people in northern ontario speak both french and english yeah
0: so your so your but your parents are they are they francophone or are they anglophone bilingual
1: oh francophone francophone okay. yeah yeah wow
0: okay <laughs> so now let's talk about some siblings here cuz i want to stick with the family for a little bit who are
1: your siblings man yeah. So I just have one brother, my brother Mark. Uh he's three years older than me. So hockey player too, uh athlete, like exceptional golfer. Um, so yeah, I always grew up trying to, you know, be like him and try to, you know, compete with him. So that helped me along too in my career. Just like have I don't know, I see it now. Like I so now I coach girls hockey and I'll coach the boys too. Like my son's coming through it as well. But all of the kids who have a sibling who is an athlete you can see the younger sibling it's it's kind of like the venus and serena right it's like you just see venus is so phenomenal i don't know if you watched that uh yeah, documentary oh, yeah. it's yes. fantastic and and the dad says like you're gonna be the greatest of all time. Your your sister is phenomenal. You're gonna be the greatest of all time. So it's like your sibling, if they're already a fantastic athlete, if you're three to four years younger and you're competing with them daily, I think that's one of the reasons why I succeeded in hockey to the degree that I did, um, is that like always like every day, if I was playing hockey, I was playing against my brother who's three years older than me. If I was playing golf, I was playing with my brother who's three years older than me, right? And trying to beat him and sometimes beating him. <laughs> So, like, that's what pushes, that's what drives you, right?
0: Of course, man. So, okay, so, Luke, this is starting to make a lot of sense now, man. Because, like, when I walked into that dressing room at that level of Provincial Junior A, where half the team is 18, 19, and 20, and we're 16, okay, I felt a little bit kind of out of place, man, because, you know, I'm, I'm used to being around guys my own age and stuff, and but you... You're used to being around your brother and all his buddies, right? So it was like normal for you, right? To be playing with older guys when we got to that level.
1: Yeah. I think, I think if I'm speaking frankly, I, I I was probably just as intimidated as you were like at the start, right? I think like yourself, you know, once you start to get success. So like that year, you know, I think I forget what it was, but we both did well. Like, 99, 99, 2000. Yeah, no, I just mean like points wise and stuff like, you know, like as a score, like for you more as like a, you know, a a D and like a a fighter and stuff, you, your success is, you know, like battling and getting the ice time and fighting and all that, where my success is like, am I putting points on the board? So I think there I hit the ground running, like when I got there. I was playing big minutes, and I was playing with the best players, and I was scoring. So, I'd, right away, I was comfortable. You know, as soon as you start getting that ice and you're successful, that's when I'm like, "Hey, I'm feeling comfortable." Um, but like, as you know, right, the career path like <laughs> does this and that. So, like, when we went to Sarnia for for instance, right, when I got there, I think yourself, I think you were we were like similar rounds, right? Three, third round, fourth round, something like that. Two, three, two and three, yeah, both the same round. No, no, two and three, like second round, third round. Yeah, so, so it's like when you get there, you're like things are expected of you. And, you know, when we first got there, like you're getting all this, but then as you remember, then there's like a head coach change, right? Things like that happen. And that's what derails you, right? Like I always tell people, I play hockey now like a lot with people and some people will say like, how did you not go here? How did you not go there? And it's, I think there's more luck and there's more, chance in this thing that anybody realizes. I know guys they're just such phenomenal hockey players, like beyond phenomenal Like think of a guy like George Trifon. That guy is phenomenal hockey player, grinder mm-hmm. thick, like aggressive yeah. scoring hands, tough, all of yeah. all the pieces. Yeah. In today's game, he would be a massive like star or like somebody who had a chance to do great thing in our era, like someone like you had a much better chance you know tall tough strong right as opposed to like let's say like a johnny goudreau today does he even get looked at like does johnny goudreau in no. 2000 even make it to the nhl i really don't think so luke yeah. i don't like you think of a guy like Corey Locke. You think of a guy, like i always talk about cory Locke. i'm like this guy scored like 200 points a year he didn't get a sniff for the nhl <laughs> Like, like, what was going on back in nineteen ninety nine? Right, that's what was going
0: on. I know. Yeah. I um, I, I totally agree with you. Um, at that time, like for me, Luke, because I was six foot four, that was a huge a huge thing. I would always hear things like you can't teach size and yeah. all this kind of stuff. <laughs> the game's different now, man. It doesn't yeah. matter how big you are; it's how quick your feet are. Yeah. And if you're going to get to the puck quicker than your opponent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like a guy like Mitch Marner, right? Like he's phenomenal hockey player, unbelievable hands. But in our day, I don't know. Right? No, I don't like, think yeah, I'd man. say like, oh, he doesn't have size or a heel, you know, whatever. But like just a phenomenal athlete and hockey player, right?
0: Yes, buddy. So now what I want to get into now is obviously we were drafted the same year. Um, our draft was was in, you know, the then Brampton Battalion rink in Brampton. Right, yeah, so man. I want to talk about that day a little bit. Right, I want to talk about that day. So tell me how that day was for for the Chase Sun family
1: from if, the morning. If I'm speaking frankly; it's going to come off bad, but I was expected to go higher. Like I was expected yeah. to go pretty high, and you were was, here. Yeah, it was a <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a tough day. Looking back on yeah. it now, like my parents. We always joke around; like uh, they never told me when I was young, but they had calls from like various coaches and agents and managers and stuff like that. My, my parents were hockey people, right? Like now you with all your experience or myself, having gone through it. Like I could give good advice to my kids or like say the right things where my, my parents might've said like, Oh, he won't go to that team. Or he, you know, not, not in a negative way or rude way, but just like, Oh, we'd really like him to do where like, you just say like, I'll go wherever, I'll play wherever, I'll do whatever, right? Um, but yeah, I, for the day I thought, but I was super happy to go to Sarnia. Like I was super pumped to go to Sarnia because one, you were coming with me, right? <laughs> we were going yeah. together yeah. and they had Himmelfarb in the, right. was Himmelfarb the fourth round? Henner and yeah. the yeah. first. Round. Yeah. So I really felt like we had a good chance there and we did, we all made the team, right? Which is fantastic. And it was unbelievable going back to ownership, Dino Cicerelli, the owner, just unbelievable to practice with him. I don't know if you, did he like, so for me, I was really lucky in that I think, I don't know if he took a liking to me or whatever, like, but in practice we would do drills together and stuff. It was just amazing to think about, I'm a big like study of the game. And I mean, this is a guy who had like 600 plus goals in the NHL, like doing drills with me. (laughs) this is like the greatest thing of all time. And at the time um, when I got drafted, there was Mark Hunter. So it was unbelievable. I love Mark Hunter. We got along great. Unfortunately, like it didn't work out there. Right. And that's where I think, you know, things were a little different that year for me. Right.
0: I agree with you. You know, Like for the listeners, you know, Mark Hunter was the coach and GM of the startiest thing. And that was the team that me and Luke got drafted to and went there and made the team. And then Luke, like, do you remember how hard those practices were with pants? People have no idea. Do you remember going to a different team and then realizing how (laughs) messed up those Sarnia practices were? (laughs)
1: Remember training camp? Yeah, man. There we were seven in the over. dressing room. Like, you're fighting this guy. You're fighting this guy. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was, I, I don't know if we were 16 or 17, just being like, what did I get myself into? Like, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm telling you. Like, I know you played the
0: full the, the whole year. I left halfway through because after Hunts got fired at the Christmas break, I got traded to Kitchener. So, dude, yeah. when I went to Kitchener, the practices were like going to a triple-A bantam practice compared to what was going on in sarnia man it was i remember a drill
1: this is a real drill i remember the drill being okay Jason, you're at the hash mark and you have to stay on the wall you can't leave the wall you're skate. you just grab a puck you have to stay on the wall and then ryan van buskirk (laughs) come in and like run me from like Center ice, like just that's the drill. The drill is I have that's to stand right just smokes my head into the glass. <laughs> Be like, I don't know what's going on. Do you remember what was his name? Uh, the Russian, not Buderlin, but Ribbon. Uh, back some ribbon. I remember Scott Heffernan stopping him on a one on one. And ribbon wound up a clapper at his ankle and like broke his ankle. It's <laughs> like it's just craziness. It's like I don't know what's going on here, but this is, it was intense, man. Intense practice.
0: So, um, as we're talking about Sarnia, I, I just like there was one thing I forgot. I don't I don't know how I passed this, but to go back to the draft and getting drafted by Sarnia, right? Now you have to remember at that time. Where some of us are 16 and some of us are 17, right? Like when we get because it's in the summer or whatever yeah. right? So that's I'm not over.
1: So I'm not 17 yet. Yeah.
0: yeah. So up to that point, in any human being's life, their family is involved in everything through and through, right? So like what I like <laughs> to talk about guys that you know OHL draft NHL draft is, do you feel that it's like a family accomplishment for a player to be selected? to a level of that height, because it's like, it's almost like a symbol of we're recognizing this family to go to the next level because dude, we're 17 years old. We're not driving ourselves to, to the rink the last five years. If we're yeah. lucky, we just got our G1. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like i looking at back, it that way? Like, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, so I have a nine-year-old daughter and I have a five-year-old son. And so now I've been skating. Like I started both of them at two where I'm on the ice. with them, like buzzing, like trying to get them going. And um, now having been coaching my daughter for the better part of six, seven years. Yes. I completely agree with what you're saying. And no, like I always appreciated what my dad and my mom did for me. My dad coached me a lot. My mom was always there for everything. Never missed anything and and loves hockey. Like my mom adores hockey. Um, It is a family thing. I will say for me, I'm lucky enough to say for me, it's a family thing. I do think that there's a lot of, like, I had a phenomenal, you know, growing up, phenomenal household life, phenomenal, you know, parents. Yeah. Um, for some, it's not, right? For some, it's almost like an escape of whatever they need to get out of. And I've seen really? that as well, especially at the OHL level. Like, that's what blew my mind. I thought you were going to go down the like, I remember after getting drafted, I've always been living at home, living with my folks, living with my brother. Right. And I remember we got drafted and I think I was 16 at the time or 17, whatever. And I'm, we're driving down the road. <laughs> like, am I going to live in that house? Am I going to live in that house? Like I, it's just like some random neighborhood in Sarnia. It's like, I don't even know where I'm going right now. And like, it's crazy, but yeah, to your, to your question, or those lucky enough to have that household where the mom and dad are both involved or where the dad is involved or where the mom is involved and they're, you know, whatever the situation is, it's absolutely, it is absolutely amazing to get drafted. And it is a reflection on not just, it takes a, it takes a village. They talk about, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a hockey player. And it's not just, it's not just the coaches. It's like the parents, it's the managers, it's the trainers, it's the everything, the teammates, to your point right now we're lucky to have some phenomenal teammates like uh, on my whitby team like just a phenomenal group of guys if you have those really good players then you're you know every single drill i think you remember me right i want to be at the front of the line i want to be first to finish and if the guys (laughs) if the guys are unreal like it's just going to force you to be become good right if you have that drive yourself exactly
0: so now i um I like where you went there with, with the houses thing because now I always remind the listeners guys, at some, some of the players 16, if they're underagers, but a 17 year old, all the things that goes is going through his mind, all the hormones, having to worry about school, having to worry about practice, having to worry about girls, having to all these things on your mind, impressing your parents, this impressing your buddies from back home. And, and now you're Going to a family that you've never met before, and you're yeah. expected just to live there in harmony and get along with them in one shot. And wow, is that ever a lot to expect from a
1: 17 year old, my friend? It's, right? It's yeah. A they're, big they're, deal. I, yeah. I was lucky to have. Well, I, I got traded a few times, like yourself. Yeah. I was lucky to have good billets. I mean, everyone has, you know, better billets than other billets, you know what I mean? But if for the most part, for the vast majority of billets, they're all in it for the right reasons. They're doing it because they love hockey, because they want a good role model for their kids, because they love the local sports team. Um, so I was really lucky. And, like, some of my billets came to my wedding. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was really? it was a phenomenal. Yeah, it was a phenomenal wow. For the most part, a phenomenal experience at most places. Um yeah, lucky like this, yeah, the 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 billet family from Sarnia they came to my wedding.
0: Wow, man. So okay, so was it two was it so it was that that set of billets or did you say two sets of billets?
1: Well, I, as you know, I I played on four teams, right? No, so, no,
0: no, no, I know, I know.
1: Yeah, yeah. So was so, it two uh, sets of billets? Oh well yeah that, that the the billets, well that, that makes me <laughs> makes me feel bad but the billets from Sarnia came to my wedding and the billets from Guelph came to or the billets from Barry came to my wedding. Right on. No, the yeah. reason why I asked Luke is
0: because everybody, bro, that I have on that played Major Jr., they all have, you know, their favorite billets, this, that, yeah. the other. The fact that more than one set came, that just means that you really get along well with people, man. Like that's a credit to you, buddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, most guys have, like, one set of billets that they liked and they hated everybody else. Like, you know what I mean? So, you're a likable guy, my friend. That's very, very
1: good, man. I like that. I like that a lot. It's uh, it's a lot easier for the kids, too. Like, when I talk about the kids, I talk about myself. You know, when you're having a good season, right? You're having a good season. You're getting the ice. Things are going well. It's a lot easier with that billet situation. It's very difficult sometimes when, you know, let's say you're having a bad season or getting you know, sat or whatever, you know, is going on in your personal life, other things are going on. It's very difficult to be away from home, especially at that age, right? Like people think, you know, people watch the OHL when I go. So my experience in the OHL, I don't know about yourself. When I was in it, I felt like, dude, I'm like 30 years old. You know, at the time you think like, oh, all these guys are so old, right? Now I go, I'm almost 40. I'm 39. I go to an OHL game. These are kids out there. They're like 16 year old kids. They, can't, they don't even have facial hair. Like they're okay. there like buzzing around. It's unbelievable. They're children. Like they're like, they're they're literally like kids that I would like give them a high five, you know, be like, hey, good job out there. Good job, doing- Johnny.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not, they're not grown men. Like it's unbelievable the way and the way back then I think the coaching was very different than today. The coaching then was like to your point. You went, you I was, you know, we were 16 you went into some foreign city that was like four hours away from your home mm-hmm. and you were just expected like you're do dude like it's this adapt. is a, yeah. adapt. like go to school do your stuff I don't know just show up go and this is the road like where the bus leaves at four like I don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're like a, I don't know I don't even know how to cook you know like I
0: <laughs> I hear you man So, okay, so this is what I want to get into now, buddy. Let's talk about this kid, Luke Chason, that entered the OHL. Because, brother, what I'm a stat guy, right? And what I'm seeing here is drastic improvement year to year. What does that tell me as a stat guy? It tells me that Luke Chason was incredibly coachable. It tells me that you embrace the systems, man. You got better every year. Right? You you improved yourself. You got stronger. You growed as a player, if I could say it like that. One thing that I really thought was cool is the fact that you doubled your point total from your second to your third season in the league, man. You doubled it. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. Like, like was it do you think it was just was it a confidence thing and just getting older and stronger? Or or was every year literally a better situation
1: and you just embrace it like how, how would you explain that kind of improvement Ed? that's guy so like now what i do for a living i'm a, I'm a chartered accountant so like my whole life is numbers and, and it's amazing that you're catching it. like it's interesting to, to chat through it but um my view is that on on my uh, my career in the ohl or whatever is that um it's ice time like it's the opportunity when i went to Sarnia. I remember, like, it's funny, you know, I don't know if you have these moments. I have these moments in time where I have, a, like, I can remember. I have a good memory. And I can remember, I think it was, like, one of the first games of the year. So so Eric Himmelfarb is a phenomenal hockey player, fantastic athlete, like, great hands. I think he still plays pro in, the, like, the KHL or, like, in Swiss like, or really? somewhere. Dell, I don't know. Phenomenal guy. You remember him, right? So, yeah, you know, great hands. And I remember in camp. I felt like,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: in camp, I, I felt like it was either going to be, he was going to be the center on, I don't know, the third line or second, whatever line it was going to be, or I was going to be, right? Like I felt oh, like yeah. I was okay. yeah. and I remember in this game, it was, I think it was like Asha Generals or something at Cernia. And I had a breakaway late in the game and I didn't score on it. This was like early in the, like game two or game three. Yeah. And he had like one goal or I forget what he did, but he had a nice a nice goal or something. And I just felt like that year, little small things like that happened where I was like, ah, didn't get over the hump. You know what I mean? And then Mark Hunter, who was a big fan of mine, that's the other thing that people don't realize. It's like, I see these guys in the NHL and like, here's, an, here's an example, Tyson Berry, right? He's in Toronto. He's playing a system that isn't allowing him to excel. He's playing a system that, you can just see he's he's clenching the stick harder. He's worried about whatever the media. I don't know what's going on. I can't explain it. But then he goes to another city the next year and he leads the entire league in scoring from a defenseman perspective. Yeah, nothing to do with Tyson Barry. Right? Has everything to do with the surrounding and the opportunity that he's given and how he's given that opportunity. I think in Owen Sound, which was my second year, given the opportunity a little bit to like kind of get to play like those that haven't played in the O or whatever don't realize the phenomenal players you get to play with, right? Oh, so yes. like every year you, you play with guys who end up playing in the NHL. Like our year in Sarnia, we had the team captain of the World Junior Team Canada
0: as that our is, captain.
1: Yeah. Like people don't realize that, right? It's like Mike Van Ryan's yeah. on the bench. And it's like, well, I see him, I go home and I cheer for him at you know, December 26th when this thing starts. But um, in Owen Sound, got to play with Joel Ward Who was a phenomenal, wordo unreal, great guy, amazing success, right? So playing guys like that, playing with Siska Dan Siska, playing you know a long had a long career, amazing stats. Greg Jacyna who played in the show, juice. So I got the I got a taste, right? If if. It, and that's where the luck i think comes in if i got to play with Ciska and just for the whole year i think you see the stats that like are like very stats but okay. it's like you get like five games and then something you know how it is you get yeah. something happens and then you don't yeah but it, it, i think in those times with us i think that's where the coaches did the players a disservice tell me how you feel i'd love to get your feedback i felt like i was playing to not get sat I was playing to not make, I was so afraid to make a mistake that I couldn't excel because in our day, if I didn't chip one puck out or if I didn't get one puck deep, I sat three games in a row. Yeah. I remember a game. I remember a game, Sean, my parents drove all the way to Owen sound. Okay. I got to play. I think I was playing with Sisca and Justina. I scored a hat trick in like one period. We won like five, three. I sat the next four games. <laughs> Like it really? makes no and sense. And your
0: parents were up. Like, you know, were they...
1: sorry, I scored. Like imagine. Like, could you? Could you have a a, a system where you like, somebody scores a hat trick and you set up? It? it doesn't make any sense. It, it makes absolutely no sense at yeah. all. Right. In Guelph, in Guelph, like finally got to like play where I felt like I'm not getting benched. You know, like I'm going to play tomorrow. You, you know, felt like, it like a regular, like, like a regular. I'm 19. The coach knows that I'm here. I'm trying my hardest. I'm going to, I'm going to play tomorrow. Then you can actually like, Hey, now I can take that extra second make a move because he knows that I'm not going to turn it over. Like, you know what I mean? I have the chance to actually do something. Oh yeah. Yes. That was a shift for me.
0: So now it's funny that you mentioned Guelph because like Guelph and Barry were two seasons that, you were really, really an elite, elite, elite player in the league, right? Like you were putting up huge numbers, Luke. So now, with Guelph, didn't did, did you guys have like quite the playoff run when you were yeah. in Guelph?
1: Well, it, it's kind of six and one half, doesn't it? So we ended up hosting the Memorial Cup. So we that played was that year. Memorial okay. okay. So yeah. It was a phenomenal year. We had a real push, like the way the OHL does it. I think the CHL does it is you have to be ranked like top five or something, top 10. There's some ranking system where you have to be in the top 10 in the country or whatever to even be able to like bid on it. So the first half of the year was just like full throttle. That team was unbelievable. Like we had Kevin Dolman played in the NHL, Feder Tootin played in the NHL, Dan Paillet played in the NHL. Was Jansen there that year? Cam Jansen? No. Cam No, he wasn't there. Okay, like phenomenal players right that just what a power play what a and the coach was Jackson phenomenal guy Um, analytics guy like would tell you like Luke you had five scoring chances tonight that I expect you to have three like great game keep it up right just clear cut this is what you're doing. So we had a fantastic start of the year and we ended up winning the bid to win the Memorial Cup. So I felt like that, I don't want to say drained us, but like the first half of the year was like everything. Then we knew we had it in the playoffs. I think we lost in like the second or third round, but we, we knew we were in the Memorial Cup as the host and we lost in the semis. But it was, that was one of the greatest experiences to play. So it was that. a gr- it was a great run. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Fantastic run as far as like playing in that tournament. I wish, you know, you you always want to like win your way in, but we we hosted it. Yeah. It's pretty sick, man. Nice arena too, eh? Oh, unbelievable arena. I always felt like, I always felt like the Guelph Storm Arena was a mini NHL. It was, I always said it was the lower bowl of an NHL arena. Same, like same characteristics, same quality scoreboard. Like back in the day when, there wasn't these scoreboards. They had it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They had like the entertainment value at all the intermissions. They had the music, they had the entertainment, they had all kinds of game stuff going on. It was a mini NHL without the upper bowl, but it was a pack. Like it was like four or 5,000 every night. Phenomenal it thing. In, that, in Guelph, believe it or not, no one will ever believe this, but it's a true story. I was a defensive player for Jackson. So, me and I don't know if you remember Sean Hennessy out of Peterborough. Oh, yes. We, we played pure penalty kill. So, if there was a penalty kill, but like a minute and a half of the penalty kill, and then I could do some offensive, like with a slight offensive, but it was like Dustin Brown was the offensive threat. Um, Marty Saint here. You know what I mean? Like, just, there was phenomenal talent on that team. So, took a different role that year. <laughs> hey,
0: man. But, well, I mean, you still put up huge numbers, buddy. But, yeah. It wasn't as much as your last season in Barry. Yeah, so now, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, this guy had 38 goals. See, so nearly 40-goal season, Luke, right? In a step away from the NHL, you're scoring almost 40 goals. Who were you playing with that year?
1: Was it the same guys most of the year or? Well, that's the thing, right? That's, that's what I mean. As far as that stepping stone to you have a line now, you know, and I was lucky, uh, BJ Crombie was my right winger who played, you know, for wow. St. Louis blues and Tampa Bay lightning, phenomenal guy, huge presence, tough player, good size, you yeah. know, but really it was ice time. Like it was the, like, if I, there was a power play I was on, if there was, you know, five on three, I was on, if there was last minute I was on and Bud Stefanski was the coach. And uh, yeah, we had Himmelfarb again on that team. So, either was, was good rink. Oh, fantastic rink. Molson Center, right? Unbelievable yeah. rink. Yeah. Great quality. You had the whole restaurant all at the one end, right? And yeah. the banners everywhere. Like, so cool. I love playing there. Speaking of, you mentioned Farkasin earlier. He yeah. sent me a. Um, he sent me a photo because there's banners of, like, top goal scorers. So, like, I'm on that list or whatever, like, near the bottom. Yeah, man. And, like, uh, I forget who's on it. Like Someone for the Winnipeg Jets. But it's just, like, it, it's so great to be a part of that culture, right? And, it, again, talking of the ownership group, those guys, phenomenal, right? Really, eh? Yeah. So now, okay, so now
0: let's talk lists a little bit. So now do you know, like, what the highest goal is for a Barry Colt in a season? Like, are you, like, do you know where you are in that? Because, I mean, 40 goals, bro, like, you know, if you think about it, like, maybe some guys got 50. I don't think people would, were scoring 60 in the O. Like, yeah. 40's got to be one of the highest totals. Like, Have you I ever looked into that? It's like
1: 10th or something like that, ten okay. or 12 so I think really there, was, uh, okay. there was some really good players go through there. Like, uh, there's, uh, who's the guy off of Winnipeg? Little had a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. ripped it up. there's a like, there's another like guy in Winnipeg. I can't think of his name, but um, yeah, some phenomenal players. So. Players have
0: come through. Yeah, hundred percent, buddy. Shock. So okay, so dude, this is okay. So this is where I'm very curious because I love asking guys like you, Luke. I like it because I know that there's a base of listeners that are around the age that have to make really big decisions in their career. You're coming off a 38 goal season. That was your overage season, correct? Overage, yeah. Yeah. So you're 20 years old. You score almost 40 goals. You must have had options. It's decision time. Tell the listeners how you went through that process to decide to go where you went, where you found much success. But I like to hear about the journey to getting there.
1: I think it was, I think it had to do with my relationship with my now wife too, was a big factor. Wow. So my wife, Melanie, okay. we dated since grade 10, grade 11, summer of grade 11. So we've been together, we've been together 23 years. So, you know, you come back to Sarnia, we were, we were together in Sarnia, right? I remember the name. <laughs> so, um, so I think of it this way, think of it from her perspective. So I go to Sarnia, then I go to Owen Sound, then I go to Barry, then I go to Guelph, then all that, like, you know what I mean? So then it was it, after the overage season, it was like, do you try to go play in the coast or play in the A or whatever, you know? And for me, I was lucky enough that I um, had uh, really good billets, that I had really good parents, that I had really good mentors, and in Guelph had a really good um, teammate in Dustin Brown, who was, like, very much – he was – very focused on his career and had phenomenal success way more talent than I ever had and like he had the ability to go to that next level but still very focused on his education and so someone like me watching someone like that you know I was also very focused on my education and so at that time it was, it was a decision of like I say I say it, it it related to Melanie but then I ended up going to PEI for three years so I don't know what's related to that but um I had to do with I never wanted to be I knew that if, it, if hockey wasn't going to be my success, I knew that I could be successful in the yes. world of business or finance or something because mm-hmm. I had those tools. And so at that point, and you can speak to this because you went through it, um, going to those things like going to the coast or going to the A, if I was lucky enough to do that, it was going to be a grind. Right. And it was going to be a battle and it was That's going to exactly. be, it was going to be something that is not defined as far as success. If I was to go there, could I, if I, you know, do I have regrets from the perspective of not doing it? Maybe sometimes like when I look at a guy like Joel Ward, we played in Owen sound for a year and then we played in PI for three years together. He was my right winger for four years of my career between the ages of 16 and 22, you know, and that guy went and played 10 years in the show. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> So it's like, could I have, could I have played? I think so. Do do I think I had the talent to do it? Absolutely. But was was it a good outcome from the perspective of, was it going to happen? Very small percentage of guys that do. Whereas if I went to school, got a full ride and did business, then I knew that I would do something with that. It was more, it was more like a probability weighting of what, what I thought would be good success for me in my financial future, if you will. That's an incredible
0: answer. How did you decide on the school, though, the
1: program? Well, you know what happened? Joel Ward gave me a phone call. So, Whoa, Joel Ward so was the recruit? Yeah, Wardo recruited me. So Wardo was in Owen Sound, loved him, amazing leader, amazing player. He went to UPI. So, he, he was an OHL all-star in his overage year for Owen Sound. Yeah. And then went to PEI, and he got a good deal to go there. And so that summer when I was an overage, I got a call from Doug Curry over there, at UPI saying, you know, we could do this, 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 this. And then right after I got a call from Joel being like, come on, like, you know, come out here. It's awesome. Great place to be great school. And so that's really what sold me on. I was going to get to play with Joel again, get an education and got a fantastic deal for, because as you know, the OHL pays you a certain amount for every year for school. And then the, the school kind of like covered the other side. So I got like a full ride. Dude. <laughs> so
0: that's a pretty good option.
1: Pretty yeah, good. So here's, so here's Cass, like,
0: it's an incredible option.
1: Yeah. Got really lucky. I think um, worked, always worked hard at in school and always worked hard at hockey. But one of my good buddies is uh, Brian Bickle who lives close by. And I always say to him, like, you went and had a phenomenal career and I went and like did accounting and we ended up in the same place.
0: (laughs) Hey, there you go, buddy. I know. Hey, you, you, trust me. I've played with guys like, like Luke, I got, I, I can't even say a cup of coffee. A better description would be a sniff, a sniff of the show, right? Like I got called up and it was just a sniff. I didn't really play. I got a sniff. Okay. I know guys that played a couple hundred games, that made a lot of money, and they're not doing well, bro. Guys right. that decided to go Canadian university and get their education, yeah. like you, are doing extremely well.
1: No, absolutely. So yeah. I think it takes a lot out of you because, like I like I said, I'm a numbers guy. And so when I put it all on the, on the board, it is taking away. Like, if you go play in the coast or you go play in the A, if, if you're good enough to play in the A, like maybe you should go give it a shot and give it a couple of years, right? Maybe give it three years. If I had a son or a daughter that had the chance to go play pro hockey for three years, I'd say, okay, give it three years and that's it. Though, like you'd, I'd write out a contract and be like, we're agreeing to this timeline because what ends up happening is you go to the coast and then maybe it takes a year or two before you can get a real shot to actually excel. Then they are like, okay, now you're going to play like second line, third line for two, three years. Then all of a sudden, Kate, five years, you're the first line guy and now you're getting, you know, you're saying you're getting 30 goals or whatever, but you know, you're making what, and now all of a sudden 10 years of your life has gone by Yes, and now you're done with hockey or you get cut or you get injured. And then it's like, now what? Right. So that's what I, I never wanted to be. I never wanted to be someone who was like really good at hockey that then it was detriment in the end right? So that's yes. why I made the
0: decision, And it was a very smart decision, buddy.
1: And, and I love it when
0: like there's these success stories because, man, it, it's so cool to be able to go to university, be a part of an incredible program. You're not only growing as a young adult, but man, just your there's no negatives in it, Luke. And that's why I I explained to the young guys, you guys have so many options. There's nothing but excitement to be having right now. You know what I mean? Like, don't be getting down on
1: yourself. You guys could, please. Look at the example that we just talked about, Joel, right? He went to university. He went to university for three years or four years. I was there for three. I think he was there for four. And then he went and had a cup of coffee with the Minnesota Wild. Yep. Yep played in the a for houston and all of for a sudden houston, yeah. like i always tell people it's funny like my dad like i said my daughter's nine and you know some people will be like oh you got to get in this program or you got to do that or you got to do this it, it helps like any kind of development you can get any extra ice you can get obviously it helps but the players that are good enough the players that have that drive comes from within they're going to get noticed right someone's going to be watching sometime be like that kid's unbelievable right you're going to get noticed. So like Joel is an example, right? He was at UPI and he got noticed, right? Like this guy's amazing. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter the path. If you push yourself and you're playing with good players, you can always succeed in hockey. I
0: agree 100%. And and even just to add to that, Luke, like, like I, I wanted to point out to the listeners that like, Where Luke is right now is where a lot of guys that may have played pro but didn't get to the NHL really wish they could be. But there's ways that players, like Luke, we both played in the OHL. I've talked to guys that have come on the show, guys like Dan Sullivan. Remember Sully? Did you play with him in On Sound? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sully's awesome. Okay, so you know Sully really well, right? Okay, so Sully, he wants to – work with the phpa or sorry yeah the phpa but but through the ohl like when you're in major junior and he wants to have like um um like like what's the skill where you know the trades a trades program where every major junior player will already have a couple years in because it's like, it'll be like part of like the OHL program where you could like instead of going to high school, you could do this. Or once you're done high school, you go immediately immediately to it. Just to ensure guys don't have nothing to fall on. Not everybody's as smart as you, Luke. Not everybody no. makes as good decisions as you, right? So yeah. people mess up. Like They might have the same similar skills and opportunities to, to be successful as you, but they go down the wrong path. But if they have something in their back pocket, like a school package in the OHL or the trades program that they took, it'll be better yeah. for them. Do you think there should be something for OHL guys, like other than the school package, for them I to follow
1: that? It absolutely do. It would be a phenomenal thing. Like I said, and that's what I was talking about earlier, was that I come from a phenomenal upbringing I come from parents that are looking out for me. I, I come from people who are having these in-depth conversations with me at 19, 20 years old. A lot of these guys, when we were playing, I don't know how it is now. I don't think it's the same now. But you can speak to it as well. When I was playing, like there, was kid, there were kids on my team that were alcoholics. Yeah. There was not one team that I played on in the Ontario Hockey League that didn't have at least one DUI on it. And I mean a significant one. <laughs> that I heard about and that things happened. So back then it was a very different <laughs> scene. And I think that's what opened my eyes to it as well, was that I don't want to, I don't want to go down that path. And if Sully or anyone like that wanted to do a program like that, if, you know, if it can get funding and if the financials make sense and all that, there. Are, another thing people don't realize, there is a lot of free time when you play <laughs> OHL hockey or whatever, you're going, a lot of the times they don't you don't get a full class load. So you're doing three classes or you're doing whatever. Why can't you then? And, and maybe, you know, it could be on a voluntary basis, but I'm sure a lot of the guys will take you up on it to get a, an electrical certification or get a drywall certification or get a plumbing certificate. And the trades, now, you make more money than... I don't. That's so what I mean. It's a yeah. phenomenal idea to do that. 100%. So I,
0: I mean, that's great. And the, the reason why I brought it up is because it, it's kind of part of the topic of what we're talking about. And, and, and Chase, what i realized is with this platform, the only way to really create action is from awareness. So we have to talk about it from the awareness usually comes the action. You know, people just start talking about it. Yeah, you know, that thing that Chase on we were talking about the other day, blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of snowballs from there, right? So, so I always want to kind of bring up positive things like that whenever it's a similar topic know brother another positive thing is coach chason yeah. when did coach on
1: title start that's the best man it's my favorite thing in the world like uh i uh well as soon as annabelle was three or four my daughter's name is annabelle she was uh when she took a liking to it i just was like i'm all over it you know how i am so i was just in there yeah. like a like a dirty shirt, just like, yeah, let's do this drill. Let's do that drill, whatever. And then last year I was lucky enough to uh, coach the uh, Clarington Flames U9 tier one teams, which is the highest level. Double A is the highest level for that age. Um, It was amazing, man. Unbelievable. So much fun. The girls, like just phenomenal listeners. They listen to what you're saying. They're engaged. They're happy. We went undefeated, man. Regular season. Undefeated. So
0: is it different with the politics and the craziness with the parents from the boys hockey to the girls hockey, or is it the same?
1: Um, I'm still in the infancy phase, right? I'm still in the infancy phase where this is like the first year. So Annabelle made it last year, and then this year she made it as well. Like So it's like two years at a time. So for girls hockey, so far from what I've seen, it's okay. like U9, then you 11 then you 13 so you kind of skip. So you either try to make it as a minor and then make it as a major, and, and then if you don't make it, you go down a level, things like that um uh, so far from my experience the parents have been nothing but phenomenal no issues whatsoever everyone's super happy yeah so yeah, so far <laughs> no issues i mean i'm sure it was I see the, same. the videos though i see the videos things happen <laughs> yeah related.
0: exactly exactly and it was a different time i think when we were
1: in minor hockey man like I think, you know i think it's way worse now I think it's way worse. Really?
0: Okay, but oh, Chase, what about like? What worse. about like? Remember, there'd be fights.
1: The parents would be That's fighting, and yeah. and
0: stuff like that go on now.
1: I don't know. I haven't been a part of it, but I had, you know, like in the oh, news. I'm
0: talking week, real it, physical. Like we're seeing Buddy's dad get punched out. We're trying to get the fuck out <laughs> in the week last
1: week there was a a fight like with a kid and a parent, like it was just, I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Like had Uh nothing to do with our organization, nothing to do with our team or like that, but another team, another city local. I'm just like, this is out of control, out of control. I saw a hilarious, like meme on Instagram or Facebook or somewhere. One of the parents was saying, I learned, I realized today that my kid's not making it to the NHL. Like it's like at like eight years (laughs) old. (laughs) Yeah. So far, so far for me, my experience has been nothing but great, but I can totally see how some people take it very, very seriously and it's, you know, it's your child. So obviously you're going to take it seriously. I mean, I, I take it seriously too. Like I want my kid to succeed and I want her to have the best time and learn and grow and build friends. But yeah, there's a difference between anything physical or, you know, like that, like that, that there's no place for that. So now it's, is how, how, how am I pronouncing it? Is it Annabelle?
0: Annabelle. Yeah. Annabelle. So now is Annabelle a little Luke? Like, does she have the same room? had a good is year, man. She's she like, a sniper. Like what's going
1: on? <laughs> you, you're not going to go there? Is that what you said? No, you no. Know, I just said, yeah, she's, she had a good year. She's a little sniper. Like she did well, but yeah. it's like, it's like anything, right? Like this year is her major year. So the next year it'll be very, very difficult, right? The competition gets better. It gets more. Yeah. The size is huge. Like, We'll see. We'll see. It's very, very early. She's she's a good little player. I'm super proud of her, but you know, long way to go before anything like that. But yeah, she's definitely like she's a forward, she's a center. I obviously like tried to make is her she, wear is like she a left shot? She's a left shot, yeah. Oh, okay. Right on, man. <laughs> I tried to get her to wear number nine, but she likes 18. So she's is 18. She? 18, eh? Right
0: on, bro that's she's awesome
1: was born on january 8th so that's how she went now, so.
0: oh okay cool yeah and um
1: what does the wife think about the kids playing hockey does she love it or what she's all in now she's all in i think early it, like when we first started so you, when you go from like initiation or house sleep or whatever like in the early years right and then finally if you if you're lucky enough to make a rep team all of a sudden you get the schedule and it's like you're on the ice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> I mean, she's like, holy man, this is you know, but now she's like a room mom and she's you know oh, yeah. awesome. she helps with everything. Great right on she's awesome, man.
0: Yeah, she loves it. That's so cool, dude. That's so cool. Another thing that's cool, bro, is our is our old team, like how well they're doing. I mentioned earlier in the episode that I, I really appreciated the post where you know we all had comments in there and we're replying to each other and I guess since we played on that team that the Pickering Panthers haven't been as successful until this season is that what happened did they yeah, beat our there point was, total
1: yeah. there did was some, yeah I think I think we had the highest point total as far as like wins and losses yeah or something and they like beat us back-end back-end. They, they beat us like yeah but think about that that's amazing I'm super proud I had no idea we had it was a long run yeah, it's, whew, that's got to be, what is that, 98? 22 years. 20,
0: 24 years. 24 years. Holy smokes, buddy. Yeah. So are we going to a game? I'm in. I'm Let's in. get really fired up, man. I, I saw a post for game three. I think that might have been tonight, though. Game three might have been tonight. Like, people are like, pack the barn. At yeah. the Pickering, come.
1: like we should go. I don't know why we wouldn't go. Like we're all local. No, guys. I know.
0: So you know, we should go. I think I think Ferguson should make the trip down from Barry or wherever yeah. he is.
1: You yeah. know, I think
0: we should get a hold of Oliver Lopez. I think he lives in Pickering. <laughs> you know, so we could you know see his fro, see if he still has a fro going. I mean, there's lots of options, man. I know, I know, Doug Carr, buddy, Doug Carr, my defense partner from that year. I'm I, I'm pretty sure he's local. All these guys are on my social media. I know they're on yours, too, man. We, we got to get a hold of some people. We we, we got to jump on the bandwagon for the Pickering Panthers. Oh,
1: I'd love to go, man. That's in our, that's in
0: our blood, man. We'll do
1: a ceremonial puck drop. Let's do it.
0: It'll, it'll, yeah. I mean, it'll be, it'll be fun. Like, I, I think that we should go in the room. We should fire up the boys, right? So you guys are <laughs> really nice. We are point total. You guys better win everything now. If you guys don't win, you guys are done. We're going in there. We're firing up the boys. We're doing whatever. We're, we're guaranteeing wins for Pickering. we, we got to bring some energy. But really, it's just an excuse to hang out with my old buddy. You know yeah, what I'm saying, know. Luke Jason? The awesome. awesome buddy. Right? But yeah. i got to put you on the spot, though, Luke, because I know, obviously, we're, we're busy guys. If we could be go all night, would you be willing to come back for a part two, my man? Yeah,
1: man. Anytime. I'll chat with dude, you. I, I had a lot of fun reminiscing
0: through this stuff. We have a lot of other
1: stuff we need to talk about as well, brother. But you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the yeah. point of the part two. Always willing, always willing. Anytime, it was a pleasure, man. I had a blast. Yeah, no, I appreciate it,
0: buddy. Um, I wanted to, um, I, I wanted to also give a shout out to your wife, man, because I, the, you know, the, the little comment I made before, about, oh, I remember the name. I, <laughs> I know, I know who your wife is, man. I know how much you've loved her since the minute I met you, buddy. And you, and it's so cool to hear stories like that, Luke, because guys go to the O, they act all weird. They break up with their girlfriends because they think they're going to become superstars and everything gets messed up and whatever. And you guys stayed true through everything. And, and look at you guys now, man. And, and I'm so proud of you. Hats off to you, buddy. Lots of respect and love, man. I, I love to see good people doing well. And, and that's what we're all about here, buddy. So So hats off to you, my friend. And I wanted to thank you again for coming on.
1: Appreciate it, man. No, it was a super, uh, super great time. Amazing catching up, like throwing around names. I haven't thought about in a long time and like yeah. stories and, you know, it's just like, you don't talk about it as much. Right. So when there's somebody who's like yourself, who's just we're like on the similar journey and just cross cross paths so many times, it's awesome to talk about. Awesome, buddy. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited
0: that you came on, buddy. I can't stop smiling. Cause I just, I love it when I get my buddies on, but but guys, I'm I'm going to thank the listeners for tuning in to another episode of the sheriff featuring my buddy special guest Mr. Luke Jason. We're going to sign off here guys. Woo!